Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nick Anderson Fitness Podcast. Today, we are talking about five healthy habits that you can start today to start living an overall healthier lifestyle. And these are five habits that you can start with that you'll eventually be able to build on and that will lead to healthier habits over time. And I'm all about like compounding habits. So like starting with one habit and then that build that habit builds on a new one over time. And um, I'm not going to give you any ideas as to what those habits that you build on can be because that's for you to decide. And just having these experiences from building these five habits, you'll be able to get a good idea of what you can add on after you have established these habits that will work with your lifestyle, that just will be things that will help you out a lot. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of adding habits to things. If you've never read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, highly recommend. This is a great, a great book to help you build habits and add habits and keep habits. Highly recommend. All right, so let's get into the five habits. So the first one, by the way, these are in no particular order. I'm not going to prioritize one over the other. Um, so yeah, no particular order. But the first one, and definitely the most controversial one, is tracking calories. And I want to preface this by saying that this is not for everyone. Uh, if you've ever struggled with any type of eating disorder, um, or do you actively have an eating disorder? Definitely not for you, uh, unless you have a someone in the mental health field who recommends this. I would first check with your your therapist, your counselor, whatever it is that you may have. If you do have an active eating disorder, uh, check with whoever it is that you work with to help you through that. But I also... I think that tracking calories isn't for everyone, but I think it is for a good amount of people to help them build healthier habits and a better relationship with food, which to a lot of people sounds like voodoo, right? Like, oh, tracking calories, that sounds so restrictive. I get that all the time. I recently published a TikTok that had, um, this is actually wild. I uh, put a TikTok out about um, coffee and like adding cream and sugar to your coffee. And this thing got so, so far at last count, it got like 800,000 views, which just overwhelms the hell out of me um, because I don't know, just having that many people see my content, like it's crazy, man. It's crazy. TikTok is a crazy place. But anyways, I got a lot of negative comments about like, tracking calories is restrictive. And I, I published a response to that about how tracking calories can help you build a better relationship with food because you start to learn the content of food and what is in it and how it's going to help fuel your body. Also, how it's going to help make you feel. And you can also start to learn that about the quote unquote bad foods that you can fit those into your daily calories as well. Like let's say example, you, you have a 2000 calorie diet. Again, 2000 calories is not for everyone. Everyone's calorie needs are different, but let's just use a typical example of someone who is on a 2000 calorie diet in a calorie deficit. 
and they want to lose body fat. So they make it to 1800 calories for the night and they're like, well, I've hit all my protein goals. I have had some, some great healthy meals today. I've eaten a lot of vegetables, etc." Now is the point where they can look at that and be like, all right, well, I'm going to have something that I really want to eat. I have 200 calories left. I'm going to have a few Oreos. Fuck it. Why not? Um, and then realizing that you can fit those things into your calorie budget, still reach your goals and still be able to live a happy, healthy lifestyle while a enjoying nutrient dense foods like vegetables, proteins, and also being able to fit in the things that we all love and don't want to restrict ourselves from because life just isn't life without a few Oreos every now and then. It's just sad. So I have most, probably actually I think all of my one-on-one clients at this point are tracking calories. Uh, And some of them were very anxious about it at first. And some of them I didn't even have track calories for a little while when we start first started working together. I can think of one of my one-on-one clients in particular, Danielle. Shout out to Danielle. She's absolutely crushing it. Uh, she's been on this podcast before, uh, one of my earlier episodes where she talks about her history with having an eating disorder. And this is something that she's pretty much recovered from at this point. But when we first started working together, I was like, absolutely not. Like tracking calories is not a good idea for you. And then we got to a point where she started to feel more confident. I was like, all right, well, let's give it a shot. Let's see how you do with it. And just like kind of reinforcing those ideas about you can have whatever you want while you count calories. You just stay within those calories. And she learned so much from it about like what she can have and realized that there's really nothing that she can't have, which is absolutely incredible. And um, just kind of hyping up Danielle for a second here, but um, she's been eating in maintenance calories for the last few months and just have has learned how to properly fuel her body with what it needs and not have to ever restrict herself from anything that she enjoys. Every now and then she texts me, she's like, I had a margarita last night and she gets so excited about it and I love it. And I'm like, yes, like you go. And she talks about how like she would never have had that before. So I think this is why I think tracking calories can be so beneficial because it, it teaches you what you can eat. And I think that a lot of the reason that people find it restrictive is it's two reasons. I think number one is they feel like it's going to take a lot of time, which maybe at first it, uh, it gets a little difficult because it's, it's, you're learning a new skill. And anytime that you learn a new skill, it takes a a bit of a learning curve and it's going to take more time for you to do it. But once you have built up that skill a little bit, it's very easy. And for me, like it, it probably takes a total of five minutes throughout my day. And this is even with me weighing my food. I weigh most of my food, not all of it. Um, on a food scale, sorry, I just burped and tried to like suppress it. (laughs) This is a one take show. Um, where was I? Yeah. Weighing food. It like, it doesn't take a lot of time to actually do, And the other reason that people find it restrictive is because most people who count calories when they first start doing it, they, they go to that bare minimum calorie amount. I know this is true for myself. I know this is true for a lot of my clients as well. They try to stay within 1200 calories 
And fuck yeah, that's restrictive. 1200 calories is not enough for my year old puppy. Like, yeah, it's restrictive. But if you eat your calories in, in an amount that is sustainable and you track your calories for that sustainable amount, it is not at all restrictive. And it just helps you build that knowledge about what you can have, which is, it's incredible. So if you've never tracked calories before and you'd like to give it a shot, I wrote an article about this a few months back. It is called How to Track Calories. I will link that below in the show notes. Uh, you could take a look at that and give that a shot. And I think it will help you out a bunch. All right. So number two on the list is going to be to eat more vegetables, which, which feels incredibly obvious. But the truth is that most people are not even eating close to enough vegetables. And before you start in like thinking to yourself, like, I don't even like vegetables. Well, I'm going to give you some tough love here. You're an adult. And when you were a kid, your parents told you to eat vegetables, right? And, and you ate them or maybe you threw them in the trash when they weren't looking. But for the most part, you ate them. Uh, but like if you have kids now, like you're probably telling your kids to eat more vegetables too. So if you're not eating vegetables and you're telling your kids like, fuck off, come on, eat some vegetables. It's not that hard. Um, I don't know. Vegetables are kind of a, an acquired taste for a lot of people. Like no one really liked coffee or beer the first time they drank it, but just eat more broccoli. Eventually you'll like it and it's, it's going to make you feel good. It, I don't know something about just like eating broccoli, your body feels good after. And I'm not telling you to like go out and eat all the vegetables that you absolutely hate. Like, like if you hate Brussels sprouts, don't eat Brussels sprouts. It's fine. Eat the ones that you can, that you either like or at least can tolerate vegetables are just good for you well let's let's talk about why they're good for you because we've always heard like yeah vegetables are good for you but but why really why and i'm for right now going to talk about this from the perspective of someone who wants to lose weight because it's the vast majority of my audience i understand it's not everyone so if that's not you like this part's just not for you i'm so sorry but i know that like at least 80 percent of you are gonna be like all right cool let's fucking get into it um so from uh, the perspective of someone who's in a calorie deficit the more vegetables you eat the more full your stomach will be of food and vegetables are very low in calorie. They're they're nutrient dense. They they're filled with vitamins, minerals, all those micronutrients. Um, and if you think about how much of vegetables you can fit in your stomach for a small amount of calories, like it's crazy. You could think about like a giant salad. You could eat so much salad, just like romaine lettuce. Fill that up, fill your stomach up with romaine lettuce and you've eaten like 10 calories and your stomach will be full and you will feel full from very little calories. Now you, you should definitely be putting other things in that salad. First of all, no one in the world is just eating <laughs> romaine lettuce by itself uh, unless you're a rabbit, which 
if you are a rabbit and you're listening to this podcast, please email me. <laughs> that is assuming that you are able to listen to podcasts and also have an email address. <laughs> What is happening here? All right. Um, so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like eat that lettuce with things. I, I love to put like a bunch of protein in my salads, um, other vegetables in there, cucumbers, some. Oh, by the way, if you've never had goat cheese on a salad, oh boy, you are missing out. Like some, just some like romaine lettuce with some baked or grilled chicken. Uh, some goat cheese, some other vegetables that you like in there, and some honey mustard. Like, let's fucking go. Whatever dressing you like, like blue che- uh, goat cheese, not blue cheese. Blue cheese is not great, in my opinion. Goat cheese is fucking incredible. Uh, so, yeah, just eating more vegetables is going to be helpful for you to keep your stomach full. Also, like I said, it's just packed with vitamins and minerals, which just makes your body feel good, helps you from not developing any nutrient deficiencies, which I know a lot of us may have, uh, help help you avoid any iron deficiencies, super common, um, vitamin A deficiencies, etc. That's not as common, I don't think, but I'm not a micronutrient expert. Regardless, just eating more vegetables is going to be so beneficial for your health. All right, uh, coming up to the third one on our list is going to be to walk more. I could talk about walking for a while. I'm going to try to keep this one brief because I know myself, but there is only one actual exercise in the world that I recommend for fat loss. And it's not the plate push. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, the plate push is the best exercise for fat loss because you just push the plate away from you and then you don't eat. Well, that sounds like a fucking eating disorder, Karen. Like, come on. We need to eat our food, too. So plate push is stupid. Uh, Just eat a little less food, eat in the calorie deficit, but don't push your plate away. I hate the uh, plate push phrase. The number one exercise for fat loss is just walking. It is easily accessible to most everyone. I understand not everyone can walk, but most people can. And it is low effort. Uh, Just long walks are going to burn calories throughout your day. And I'm not a big fan of of worrying about calorie burn. In fact, if you're worrying about how many calories you burned on your walk, just stop right there. Because your fitness watch, your treadmill, heart sensor, whatever it is that's on that treadmill, it has no clue how many calories you burned. The only actual accurate way to measure calorie burn is in a laboratory and it's not some device that you wear on your wrist. So don't worry about that, but just know that you are helping to burn more calories throughout the day by walking. Also going to improve what's called your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your NEAT. Uh, That's just how many calories you burn just by like fidgeting and walking around, etc. Like not exercise related movement which by the way is for most people about 20 percent of how many calories you burn daily um and actual exercise calories burned is accounts for five percent of our of our daily calorie burn so just being able to increase your your neat your non-exercise activity thermogenesis 
is going to help you out a lot. Uh, we could talk more about benefits of walking. I'm going to go into it a little bit here just from a mental health perspective. Being able to walk outside, just like put your phone down for a while, listen to a podcast. Hopefully it's this one, but there are several several other good ones out there, of course. Uh, maybe it's an audiobook. Maybe it's Atomic Habits by James Clear that I mentioned earlier. Very good on audio, by the way. Just taking that time for you, that's going to be so beneficial. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast, actually. Not only that, just like getting outside, getting some vitamin D from the sun, like that's another common deficiency is vitamin D deficiency. So just getting outside, getting out in the sun, absolutely great for you. And now if it's, it, I know it's not winter here, it's September, but um, during the winter, like you can find a treadmill, you can walk outside if you want to, if you're brave, just, or even just like getting steps around your house, like go call a friend, pace around your house, get some steps in. Um, I don't really like to put a specific step number down because I, it can be very motivating for some people, but others, it can be demoralizing. Like I know the classic 10,000 steps, like some people aren't getting a thousand steps a day. So if that's you just start small, maybe walk around the perimeter of your house once or twice a day, start there, build on that, build on those habits, walk around the perimeter of your yard, walk up and down your street, whatever it may be, just find a way to get more steps in and that's going to help. And that's all I'm going to say about walking because I literally could go on for about 45 more minutes on walking and I'm not going to do it. I promised myself I wouldn't. So we are moving on to the next one, which is going to be prioritizing your sleep. Uh, eight to 10 hours a day recommended a minimum of eight hours. Let's get that eight hours in another one that's going to be so beneficial for your health. You're going to feel more well rested. You're going to feel more energetic. It is super important and not enough of us are doing it. And some of the ways that you can maximize your sleep are, are things that people don't want to do. Number one is to uh, cut back on your caffeine intake. <laughs> If you're like me, you drink a lot of caffeine. I am 100% caffeine dependent. I am not going to lie to you. I have at least one cup of coffee every morning. Usually I have two to three. Um, also, I have pre-workout on pre-workout days. Usually those days I don't drink as much coffee because I don't want to be absolutely wired. But regardless, um, cutting down on caffeine is going to help with your sleep. I'm also a big fan uh, not sponsored. I am not sponsored by this company, but um, the Ollie melatonin gummies are like my family. They put me right to sleep. Uh, any kind of like melatonin supplement, uh, I'm a big fan of. Uh, they really, they really help with your sleep. Uh, melatonin just it's produced naturally in your body, and it helps with sleep. It is, it is what causes you to start to fall asleep. Uh, so prioritizing sleep can be super important. It's going to help your energy levels throughout the day. It's going to help your energy levels in your workouts as well. Uh, people very undervalue sleep. And we can also talk about circadian rhythms a little bit too. Like eight hours of sleep between the hours of 2 a.m. and 10 a.m. is very different than eight hours of sleep between the hours of 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. 
like getting your sleep schedule in line with when the sun is up or down will be a higher quality sleep. So if if you're one of those people that stay up till 2 a.m., wake up at 10, like that's fine. But I think you will get a much better sleep quality by trying to set yourself up along that clock. And of course, this is going to be different for everyone. Everyone's schedules are different. Maybe you're an overnight nurse, something like that. Like, yeah, fuck what I'm saying. Like, you're out there saving people's lives. So, like, don't worry that much about it. But um, it is going to be a higher quality sleep. So if that's something you're capable of doing, I highly encourage it. And the very last one, again, these are in no order, but this one is a super underrated one, is to be is going to be for you to take some time for self-care. A lot of us nowadays, we're very hustle and bustle. We got a lot of shit to do, and we don't take the time for ourselves. And this feeds back into what I was talking about with walking. So you can combine these two. Taking time to go for a walk, that can be your self-care. And self-care doesn't mean going out and binge drinking. Look, like, yeah, that can be fun, sure. But is it doing anything for your health? Absolutely not. Self-care can be having a glass of wine at night and watching a show you really like like that that is self-care and that is great and again i i want to clarify here i am not a mental health expert though i am going to marry one um so again i won't talk too too much on this one because i'm not an expert on the topic but um i can speak from experience about how self-care kind of helped save my life when i was working my office job and working 40 to 60 hours a week in a job that I absolutely hated. And also at the time when I I started to learn about self-care, I learned this by going to therapy and talking to my therapist about how many hours I was working. And I told her, yeah, I work 40, 40 to 60 hours a week at my office job. I also work 10 to 15 hours as a trainer at a gym. Plus I run my online business. And she was like, when was the last time you had a day off? Actually, it was it was my fiance Danielle who told me that, and um, I kind of I kind of shut down for a little bit, and I was like, shit, I don't know. And that's when I started to prioritize self care because I was stressed all the time. I was angry at everything. I was yelling at our dog for literally no reason, just for like existing because I was so stressed and I was so on edge. So from there, I cut back on all the things that I was doing. I ended up leaving my my job at the gym, which now, of course, I work full time at a gym and it's fucking great. Uh, but I digress. And I allowed myself more time for self-care and my mental health it was so much different from where I was when I was constantly working and like every second that I had on the couch was completely precious to me. So if the dog wanted to go out during that time, I was like, fuck you. (laughs) And once I like finally was able to set into a better schedule and take time for self care, that wasn't it. Everything didn't feel like an interruption anymore. 
So just take some time for yourself. If that's not something you're already doing, please take time to do that. And it can be whatever you want. Just take time for you. And time for you doesn't mean that it's time alone. It, It can mean that if you want to. But like take time to be with your loved ones. Take time to be with your pets. Take time to be with yourself. Whatever it may look like. These are all super important. So just to refresh, number one, super controversial, but track your calories. Like I said, article in the show notes on how to track calories. Check that out. Uh, Number two, eat more vegetables. You are an adult and you should be eating vegetables. Number three is to walk more. Let's go get those walks, get those steps in. Uh, Number four is prioritize sleep. So important. And the last one is to take self-care time so you don't want to yell at everything all the time. Listen to everybody. That has been the podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time.